asking a revelation of his love for us. And we're so glad that we can be a part of that. And you too can be a part of that by supporting us and being here. And um, so with that in mind, we just just want to give you thanks. And we appreciate uh, you coming out and supporting us. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed the food and whatnot. Amen. And with that too, I just want to give a special thanks for all the students who've been serving all night. Uh, They've been on their feet. And I want to give a very specific thank you to my own wife, Sherry, who's been the... She's been the mastermind behind this whole event tonight. God's been using her gifting and her leadership and uh, to put this whole thing together tonight. And so our gratitude, again, just goes to Sherry uh, for uh, her dedication, her commitment to doing that. And so we just, we're proud of you. Thank you. So with that in mind, uh, let's pray real quick. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for your love towards us. We magnify you. We worship and we exalt and glorify your name. And now, Lord, I pray that you give us ears to hear. And I pray that you would give me the words to speak your word. In your name we pray. Amen. I'll try not to keep you all night. Um, but I, God's been just been putting a lot in my heart because his word is just changing my life. It's transforming my life. Uh, I grew up in a Christian home. But it hasn't really been to the last four or five years that I really understand what this thing called Christianity is all about. It's about a relationship with a living God who loves me. And I've been captivated by that love. And it's that revelation of that love that he has towards us that has been changing our lives. And it's not just a know that God loves everybody, but it's knowing that I am the beloved of God, that God is in love with me. And that's that, it's not, and, and that's really the, the message I want to convey tonight, is that we would be established in the very fullness of his love. My message tonight is not about what we need to do to necessarily love God more. What we need to do to show that love and demonstrate that love. It's actually not even a message about anything we need to do but to be established in his love for us. And what I've been realizing in my own life that God is not so much concerned. And some of you might be thrown off by this statement. And hopefully you'll allow me to explain myself. But God's not so much concerned about how much we love him. I'm not saying that God doesn't receive our love. I'm not saying that God doesn't receive our praise. But God's not so much concerned about our love towards him and everything we would do to try to portray that. He's more, his number one concern is that we are establishing his love for us. You know, just like uh, this water bottle. I, I can't pour anything out of this water bottle. I can't give love. I can't demonstrate love. I can't give anything I don't already have. We first have to be establishing his love for us before we even have the capacity to love him and love one another. We've been told all of our lives, most those of us have any uh, um, knowledge of the word of God and what's been taught, is that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Jesus taught that all the law 
All the prophets are, are hinged on these two commandments. But until we get a revelation that through the finished work of the cross, Jesus loved us with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his mind, with all of his strength, we don't even have the capacity to love one another, yet alone him. We first must be established in his love towards us. So with that in mind, I'm going to uh, start with uh, uh, 1 John chapter 4. And I know most of you didn't bring your Bibles tonight because we didn't tell you to. So you're off the hook. So trying to get my high tech. Someone, can you? Yeah, can you do that for me, Ryan? 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. We're going to kind of show off our iPads a little bit tonight. This is what we do here at Kiss Bible College. So... Well, anyway, while we're trying to get that up, I can, I can still preach the Word of God. Because the Word of God is not the ink. The Word of God is Jesus Christ. And it's, it's a message. And it's, it's that message that is changing our lives. It's the Word of God, the person Jesus, who is changing our lives. And in First John chapter 4, verse 7, you know, and, and let me just start off with who John is. John who wrote this book. John wrote in another book of his called The Gospel of John that he was a disciple that Jesus loved. He communicated that five different times in his own The Gospel of John that he was a disciple that Jesus loved. He had a revelation that Jesus loved him. Now, notice also, he didn't, the revelation he communicated to us, he didn't say that he was a disciple that loved Jesus, although I believe he did. But the revelation he communicated to us that he was a disciple that Jesus left. And that's the, that's the message I want us to get tonight, that we get a revelation that we are established in his love towards us. And as this disciple that writes in 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 7, you know what, I'm going to go the old-fashioned way. Is that okay? He says, uh, Beloved... And, you know, I love, that. I, I love that word, beloved. Because word, you know, I can tell each and every one of you how much I love you. But there's one person in this room that I'm in love with, and that is my wife, Sherry. And this message is not so much about God loving us. It's about the fact that he is in love with us. God loves us immensely. God loves us so much. And, I, you know, in, in all my Christian walk, and all my Christian life, it's taken me almost 40 years to understand that God is in love with me. And those, those are, that's a huge statement. That's a huge revelation that God is in love with me. And in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, he starts out, he says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. I want to just point out, first of all, that last phrase I just said, God is love. God doesn't just have the capacity to love. God doesn't just have the emotion of love. God is love. That is who he is. That's, if, if, the moment that God stops loving, he stops being God. God is love. That is who he is. That is his very nature. Just like this pulpit is made out of plexiglass. If I take the plexiglass out of this pulpit, it, will, it won't be a pulpit no more. God is love. That is who he is. That is his nature. He can't, he, he can't act outside of who he is. That is who he is. 
But remember, I started off by saying, you know, God's not so much concerned about our love towards him, which I could also rephrase that, that he's not so much concerned about our love towards one another. And I'm not saying he's not concerned about that. He's more concerned about our love, uh, that, we, that we are established in his love. But then we just read, uh, well, if someone is not loving or doesn't have the love, he doesn't even know God. To me, that would be a concern. Well, I want to actually turn to another passage of Scripture real quick. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. And I don't have time to get the whole context of Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. But in the in midst of that verse, Paul uh, states a phrase. And in that phrase, it says that, you know, faith works through love. Faith works for love. You can tell me tonight about how much you have faith in God and how much you believe in God, how much you're trusting God. But faith works through love. Faith, you know, we, we tend to trust those. We tend to put our trust in those who we know love us. I've seen this with children. I've seen this with adults. I've seen this even with animals, pets. We trust those who show us love. How many of you uh, trust those who don't love you? We tend to trust those that, we, that show us love. So if we're having an issue with faith, if we're, having, if we're struggling in our faith towards God, then that tells me there's a deficiency in us understanding who God is. Because God is love. Faith, we, tr- we, we, we can only, again, this whole water bottle, I can only, I can only pour out what I've already received. I can, God is love. That is who he is. And, and, and my, the heart of my message like that, we would be established in this God who is love. That we would be established in his love towards us. See, it's, it's, that, that's, it's that revelation of his love that's been transforming our lives here at the school. Because we put our trust in this God who, who is love. Turn back with me to First uh, John chapter 4. Sorry, Ryan. But in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, John says, And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. This is love. God, John is going to explain to us what is love. We already established the fact that God is love. But this is love. Not that we love him, but that he loved us and became to propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation might be a fancy word to some of you. But that's, that, that's what the whole message of the finished work of the cross is all about. Jesus became our sacrifice. Jesus dealt with our sin. And this is love. Not that we love him because we go to church and we love him because we're in the word of God or we have devotions or we spend a lot of time in prayer. Not that those are not good things or how we get to know this God who loves us. But this is love. Not that we love him. Not that we religiously show different ways of that we love him. But this is love that he loved us and became our sin sacrifice. That he redeemed us from, from sin. He redeemed us from this, uh, this curse of sin. This is love. This is what I want us to be establishing, that God loved us and became the propitiation for our sins. Amen? 
Amen? You guys get with me so far? You guys didn't eat too much cake? You know, my wife's been cooking four cakes in our house this home this week, and I haven't been able to touch one yet. Talk about sacrifice. But I hope there's still some left. But I, I, really, I really want to instill this. It's, just a, it's a simple message. This is love. And his love was demonstrated through the cross. Turn with me if you can. We're going to come back to verse John. But it's, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to start with verse 14. I think I'm going to use some of this water after all. I need some more cake. But I want you to notice this. And actually, the, I like how the New King James says it, but you can stay there. The New King James says, For the love of God compels us. This love, this propitiation for us, this, when you have a revelation of who God really is, this God of love, when you have a revelation of this, what the finished work of the cross is all about, what God's love is, this love will compel, compel us. Because we judge this, that if one, Christ, died for all, then all died. Jesus became our propitiation. Jesus died for us so that we didn't have to die. And if he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know, know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling us, the reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now, I, I know I read a lot there, and I don't have time tonight, uh, unless you guys are willing to stay a long time, to really dive into all this. And I, and I wish I had that time. But I want to point this out in verse 19, that, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. There's the propitiation. This is love. Not that we love him, but that he loved us and became our propitiation. That he, this is love. That God was in Christ reconciling the world. Not just the church. Not just Christians. But God was reconciling the world to himself. Not imputing, not charging their trespasses to them anymore. There is one sin that's good, that will keep you, that will put you in hell. And that is, the one sin is refusing this, re, this uh, propitiation, refusing this sacrifice that Christ died for you. Refusing his love. Because Christ, through the cross, has already paid, has already judged your sin. Sin is no longer an issue between you and God. That is love. And that's what this message is all about. Not that you need to do this to appease God. Not that you need to do this to be loved by God. But that you would believe in the sacrifice. That you would believe in his propitiation. That you would receive his love. Which basically, basically saying that you receive this propitiation. That he, he, he's, not, he's not imputing trespasses to you. He's not, his, your sins are not an issue between you and God. 
But, but the church, the religious church for so long has made it so complicated that we have to do all this and do all these things. I, I agree that when we get a revelation of God's love, that we will, we will hearken what we trust in. We will, there is a response. There, there is a natural response to those who get this revelation. And it's not the response. See, see, those who have this revelation of God's love, don't, they don't even have to try to love because God is in them. And I, I'm going I'm I'm to actually, actually get ahead of myself here. But I, I want to go to verse 21 real quick. Scroll up real quick. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Again, just painting the same picture. This is love. Not that we love him, but that he loved us and became the propitiation for our sins. What is this propitiation? It is this, that he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be, become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That we might be in right standing before God because of what Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen? That's, that's, this, that's this love. That's this love that my heart, it's not just my heart, but the heart of the school. We want you to get this knowledge that who you are in Christ Jesus because of the cross, that you would receive this love. This love will change your life. I got an opportunity to, we had some rallies last week. I had several people come up to me as I was on the prayer line. And in the five minutes, I was just able to stir them towards uh, how much God loved them. I saw a tumor in this lady's mouth who couldn't hear out of her right ear. She couldn't speak because she couldn't move her jaw. And I, I just started revealing the love of God towards her. We didn't even get to start praying for her yet. And that tumor began to shrink. She could hear out of her right ear. She could speak with her mouth. I saw, I, I saw different healings. I saw a lady with a migraine. The migraine left because she got a revelation of God's love. She got a revelation of the cross. The word of God, this propitiation, this love will change, will transform your life. It will transform every area of your life. Go back with me to uh, 1 John chapter 4. And we're actually going to skip up to verse 16. And I wish I had more time to, to there's a lot more, more I could spend on each of these verses, wouldn't I? Verse 16, and we have, and we have known and believed the love of God. That, that, I'm sorry, let me say that again. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. And God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. There's a lot in this verse, but I want to point out really that first phrase, and we have known and believed. What I'm trying to communicate today is not just that you would know about this love, that you would just know about this propitiation, and that you would maybe just even in your own mind or even voice your confession that you acknowledge that is true. But the passion of my heart is that you would know and you would believe in this love, that you would know and you would believe in this propitiation for your sins. Verse 17, herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Amen. There's a lot I can pull out of this verse. But herein is love made perfect, that we may have boldness. See, when you are secure in God's love, 
For example, I don't know how many of you know your, your Bible, but the story of David and Goliath. David was a man who was, uh, he was establishing God's love. When Goliath came, he, see, King Saul and Israel were wallowing in fear. You, you just read the Psalms and you see a man who was establishing God's love. And when the giants and then when the bears and when, the, when the, the lions came, he was a man who was establishing God's love. That he would not allow this uncircumcised Philistine to fight the armies of the living God. But those who were insecure, those who were insecure in his love, were waddled in fear. I'm going to get ahead of myself, but it says in verse 18, there is no fear in love. When you are established in the finished work of the cross, when you are established in God's love, there is no fear. And there, there, there is boldness. There is confidence before an awesome God because you are established in his love. And this boldness doesn't come because you know the word of God front, forwards and backwards. The word, the bold, this boldness doesn't come because you prayed and you fasted so long. I'm not against prayer. I'm not against fasting. I'm not against being in the word of God. But this boldness comes because you are established in his love. You are established in this propitiation. You are established in knowing God. Because if you're not, if, if, until you are established in knowing God who is love, until you are established in knowing God, this propitiation for your sins, you really don't have a revelation of who God is. But when you, and this is, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Notice the coins. Because as he is, so are we in this world. I'm here to proclaim to you that God is not angry with Jesus. Amen. God is not disappointed with Jesus. <laughs> Jesus has never been disqualified from God's love. Amen, Amen. And as he is right now, so are we in this world. Amen. Why? Because Jesus became our propitiation. Jesus dealt with sin. Sin is no longer an issue. Amen. And because sin is no longer an issue, we have boldness in the day of judgment. Amen. There is nothing to fear. And so when, when, you know, praise God for the day that we go to heaven. And praise God for the day that he comes back. But my word, the word of God says the day is the day of salvation. And, and today we can, be, we can be, be walking in all the promises of God. See, all the promises of God are wrapped up in this propitiation for your sins. Amen. All the promises of God. And so when we know his propitiation, when we know his love, we have boldness. We have confidence before a holy, awesome God. Amen. Because as he is, Jesus is the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of this propitiation. Amen. And we have boldness. Back up with me to uh, chapter 3 of the same book. Uh, I wanted to say verse 21. You guys good okay? All right. I noticed they took the food, so you're not throwing any food at me yet. <laughs> but you can throw me some cake. <laughs> but again, beloved, if our heart condemned us not, then we have confidence towards God. There's one, one way that you would know that your heart does not condemn you. And that is that you have a revelation of his love. That you have a revelation of this propitiation. And if our heart condemns us not, then we have confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, whatsoever, to me that, that kind of includes everything. Amen. Whatsoever we ask, 
We receive of him because we keep his commandments. You're going, no, Dave, there's a condition now. We have to keep his commandments. I almost throws my whole message out the window. But if we're going to quote the guy, let's quote the guy. Okay? And we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Verse 23. And this is his commandment. I'm glad he gives, it's a pop quiz, but he gives us your answer right there. I like that about John. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. All we have to do is believe, know and believe in this propitiation. And whatsoever we ask, we receive. Not because of anything we did, but because we have confidence before a holy, awesome, righteous God because he became our propitiation for our sins. As he is, so are we in this world. You know, I don't... uh, you don't have to turn there, but in Luke chapter 15, Jesus gives a prodigal about the story about the prodigal son. And in, in the story of the prodigal son, after he had spent his father's inheritance, he came home. But he had rehearsed a speech about how unworthy he was to be called his son. He, he, he actually based his unworthiness based on what he had done. He didn't have a revelation so much of his father's love. He, he based his worthiness on based on what he, what he had squandered, what he had done. You see, uh, even in, the, in uh, Genesis, when man sinned, see, sin doesn't change God's perception of you. Sin will change your perception of God. And man, since the garden, when man has sinned, and it's through, it's through this, the knowledge of truth of good and evil, which represents the law. See, the law is the knowledge of sin. The law doesn't reveal Christ. The, God, the law will reveal your sin. It hopes to bring you to Christ. But, see, the prodigal based his unworthiness based on what he had done. He was ashamed. He was ashamed to even be called his son. But even while he was afar off, rehearsing his speech, what he was going to say to his father. The father was looking for him. And the father ran to him, embraced him, and kissed him. And then he said his speech, I'm unworthy to be called your son. It's almost as if the father just ignored everything he said. And he put the robe of righteousness on his shoulders. He put the ring of authority back on his finger. He, put, he shot at his feet with sandals of sonship because servants didn't wear sandals. Only sons did. The son's position as a, being a son, he never lost his position as being a son based on anything he had done. It was all, he was totally reconciled back to God based on the father's love for him. But on the flip side, the older son despised his father. He envied his younger brother. He basically shunned him, wouldn't go in and celebrate with him. And he based his worthiness based on what he had done. So where the prodigal based his unworthiness based on what he had done, the, the, the older son based his worthiness what he had done. And the fact that they were, the, their worthiness had nothing to do with what they had done or had not done. It had everything to do with the father's love. And, and the father goes to the son, everything I have is already yours. Everything we need. For life and godliness, everything we need, all the promises of God are yes and amen through Christ. 
And if we will get this revelation that this is love, not that we love him, but that he loved us and became our propitiation, everything we need, whatsoever we ask, is ours. Not based on anything we do. See, that, that this whole thing puts a new perception about what prayer is. When you have a revelation of who God is, when you have a revelation of what the gospel is all about, when you have a revelation, prayer is just simply asking God for something that he has already given you. Amen. It's faith. It's not faith in your prayer. It's faith in his love. It's faith in his propitiation. It's a love relationship. Everything, he said to his older brother, everything I have is already yours. You know, my wife and I, we came here to this college with, with no job, no home, no nothing. We had, a, we had a four or five year deal with not experiencing anything. And it was during this season that God began to reveal for the first time. But even though I grew up in church, I've been in the ministry, I've been ordained. It was, I felt like when I got this revelation of God's love, like I'm trying to communicate to you, I felt for the first time I was born again. I felt for the first time I understood what the gospel was all about. And it's that revelation that has transformed our lives. God has met every single need we have. We have a home. We have jobs. We have two cars. God has met. And that, that, that change started within the one hour of coming and walking through these doors. Amen. And it's not so much cares Bible God changed my life, our lives. It's the word of God. Amen. We trusted in his love. And the thing about the Bible college, because the Bible college is preaching his word. It's communicating this gospel that I'm preaching to you. And it's our receiving this gospel that's changed our lives. And it's, it's, now it's not our job just to receive it and now praise God, we're blessed. No, we're blessed to go, go bless others. We're blessed to, to preach this message to other people that their lives will be transformed. And disciple them in this truth so that they can go and teach others. So that there's a multiplication. It never stops. Really, that's what church is all about. That's what being a pastor is all about. That's what this ministry is all about. This ministry of reconciliation is that we would preach this message of hope, this message of, of love, this propitiation to a world that needs Jesus. Amen. And it will, this revelation will change their lives Amen. if they will be established in it. Amen. I'm going to go with one more passage of scripture. You guys okay? Yeah. No one's falling asleep yet? Okay. <laughs> Uh, Ephesians chapter 3. You know, we're excited uh, while I'm on a couple of different things. Not only excited about this uh, mission trip, but when we come back, we get to be a part of the first class. Woo! The first graduating class of this, this campus. That's awesome. And while I'm on a personal note, because I'm, I'm going to go here because this passage I'm going to quote from I mean, it's been for Sherry and I this has been probably since since we were even dating this passage scripture has just been kind of like our verse our passage and uh, this coming May we will be celebrating our 15th wedding anniversary so that's that's just a commercial okay but thank you I'm just giving time time for Ryan to catch up <laughs> Uh, sorry, verse, uh, let's start with verse 17. And again, I wish I could ha uh, get you the whole context of this, but really if I give you the whole context, I have to start with Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Um, so, um, but in here, God, Paul's praying a prayer. 
And when I, the fact that he's praying a prayer tells me that he's pouring out his heart. He wants us to get this. This is, a, this is the cry of his heart. That's what I get out of that. And, he, and, the, and, and I'm actually not even starting the beginning of the prayer, but in the middle of this prayer, he goes, he prays that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you're being rooted and grounded in love. Well, what love? Well, we just talked about it. This love, not that we love him, but that he loved us and became the propitiation for our sins. That we be rooted, that we be grounded, that we be established in love. May be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. Basically get the full dimension of God's love. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. I love that last part. That you might be filled with the very fullness of God. The Amplified says that you might be filled overflowing with the God himself. Amen. This God who created the universe. This God who created you. This God who showed his love for you and became the propitiation for your sins. That when you are established in this love, that when you are established in this propitiation, that you might be filled to overflowing with the very fullness of God. That's awesome. He, we're not trying to just fill you with some theology, a bunch of formulas, a bunch of do this and do that. My heart, I, the reason why this has become such an important verse for us, because even before we came upon this revelation of God's love like we have now, we've always wanted to see lives being transformed. That's what, that, that's what uh, really motivates me the most. I love to preach. I love to teach. And I love, you know, and, and I, I, at, at times I get people who tell me how much they appreciate the message. And not that I don't, don't receive that. But my heart is that people would get this revelation. It would change their lives. That's what motivates me. That's what excites me. That's what I love seeing every day in this classroom is seeing lives being changed by the power of this word, by getting this revelation. And we are seeing it. We are seeing real genuine lives being changed because they're getting a revelation of God's love. But when we, when we are established in this love, we will be filled with the very fullness, the very fullness, holding nothing back of God. And I love this next verse that, right, that follows it. And a lot of us probably have heard this through the years. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. There's a lot in that verse. And I could actually take this verse and go all the way back to chapter 1 and talk about this resurrection power. And there's a lot of truth in that because if we're going to take this in context, we need to consider that. And I don't want to take that away, but I... It's also very unique that this verse follows exactly what we just read and what we just said. If we will be established in his love, if we will be established in the propiti his propitiation for our sins, if we will be established in this, now to him who is able to do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to his power. Well, what power? The power of his love, the power of the cross, the power of his propitiation. You know, this verse says he is able to do far above and beyond that we could ever, another translation says, think or imagine. I don't know about you, but I can imagine quite a bit. And 
I, I, I'm sure if we went around the room, I could talk about, we could talk about what concerns you. What areas in your life are you trusting God for? Some of you are trusting God for finances. I, I paint the story how my wife and I were without a job and without a home and for four or five years. And maybe your situation is not the same, but you have a situation. I could talk, we could talk about different areas where you believe in God for healing. I talked about how a lady last week was healed from a malignant, malignant I can't even say the word, a tumor, a bad one, okay? And I could tell you about how many people have been healed for cancer. I could, I could tell you about how God has done many awesome things in this room, transforming lives. And some of you, even in saying that, as awesome as those testimonies are, and they're true testimonies, some of you probably are still wondering, well, well, will God do that for me? Will God do that in my life? Will God do that with the area that I'm trusting him for? And maybe in a sense, in reality, you haven't been trusting in him because you've given up on him for whatever reason. But he says hey, he is able to do far above and beyond that we could ever think. Some of you have dreams. Some of you have broken dreams for your life, for your family, for your future. Whatever it might be, it might be for ministry. It might just be something that is just in the natural. My God is able to do far above and beyond that you could ever think or you could even imagine according to his power that is at work in you. And that power is his love. The very fullness of himself that he is going to fill you. This phrase, this verse comes right after the back, the, the, the phrase before that says that he will fill you with his very fullness. It's his very fullness. It's that very fullness that is his power that works in you. Our God is alive. Our God is real. His love is real. His propitiation for you is real. And if you will trust in his love, if you will trust in the cross, if you will trust in his love for you, my God is able to do far above and beyond that you could ever think or imagine according to the very fullness of his love, the very fullness of himself who works in you to do and will of his good pleasure. God is in love with you. And the whole message tonight is to bring you back to the cross. We're not trying to get you to trust me, trust Andrew Womack, trust the school, Trust yourself. Trust in the love of God. Trust in his propitiation for your sins. I'm going to close this message with a, actually a song that we're going to play for you. And then Edward's going to come back up and, and after the song. And hopefully this song will just seal what, we, what I just communicated. And then we, we want to pray for you guys. I told you last week we, we, we saw a lot of miracles. We've seen a lot of things happen in this place. It's not because we're special. Outside of any, we are special. We are the disciples that Jesus loved. But God's not a respecter of persons. He honors his word. He honors his propitiation. And that's what we want you to put your trust in. And that last week I was praying for people, we put their trust back in the cross and their healings came like that because they put their trust in this propitiation. Go ahead and play Joshua.
Awesome. I, man, I hope you guys have been moved tonight to, you know, to just to know that you're loved and to have felt today just to, you know, God's love 
is just so powerful, and that was just such a, an awesome message. And I just pray that you guys were moved today. Pray that God's love touched your heart. And Jesus said that there's no greater love than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. <clears throat> and we are his friends. Amen. I was, um, as I was praying today and just listening to the Lord and, you know, just in time with him, and I was, as I was just receiving from him what, you know, what, what tonight would hold and, and things that were going to happen tonight, he spoke to me and said, Edward, you have not because you ask not. <laughs> you know, sometimes we just, we need to, we need to come to a place where we just are, are relying on God and coming to him for everything. And it can be anything, you know, it really can be anything. And, and I'm not talking about being overly spiritual. I have a tendency to be overly spiritual. And I'll pray, you know, God, just give me wisdom. You know, like Solomon, you know, secretly hoping like, just give me wisdom and the millions and the mansion and all that stuff, right? But just let me just start with wisdom. <clears throat> so I'm just saying, really, you know, sometimes we forget just to come to him as a loving father and ask him. You know, for, the, for anything that we need, you know. Yes, everything's been provided at the cross. We can come to God boldly, you know, and he's given us everything already. He's already put healing, the same healing power, the same power that rose Christ from the dead dwells within you. I can testify that because this man was dead before and I'm alive here today and I'm, I'm excited to be alive. And um, so really the, the love of God has compelled me to be up here today to talk to you. And I want to just say that if there's anything that you need from God today, you know, if there's anything that you're, you're wanting from God, I know there's somebody here right now that needs something from God. And I'm just saying that expect big things from God. Expect amazing things from God. You never know what's what's lying right there at the end of your faith if you'll step out and just ask him and make yourself vulnerable you know i know that's really hard for us we we are we live in our five senses we're we're so surrounded by the five senses it's very hard to believe that there's this, there's another dimension but there really is we are not just flesh and blood we are spiritual beings and so if there's anything that you need from god i just want to encourage you to not be afraid and to step out and do something that might scare you Dave mentioned some of the, the, the miracles that we got to see last weekend, and, and we did see miracles. And I'm telling you that you've got to believe and you've got to step out and see for yourself what God can do. I saw a woman that couldn't move her shoulder. You know, she had all kinds of pain in her body. She had dizziness in her head. And, you know, when she got cured of the dizziness, she came back, back up after the conference and specifically walked up and said, you know what, I just needed to tell you that the dizziness left. And she had chronic dizziness. She said the, the dizziness has left. It hasn't come back. And she was, there was faith now. Her, she was in her eyes. I could see she was ready to receive. And she said, I want you to pray for my shoulder. And when I laid my hand on her shoulder and started praying for her, I heard something pop in her shoulder. And I asked her, I said, did you feel that? And she said, yes. And I said, go ahead and raise your arm up. And she moved her arm up. She was able to move her arm beyond where she normally couldn't. You know, just prior to that prayer, she was unable to. So you've got to, we've got to, 
man, we've got to build ourselves up. And I just want to encourage you and build you up right, right now today with that, that God is able to do amazing, miraculous things. <clears throat> Jesus said in um, Luke 11, he said, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give you the gift of the Holy Spirit if you ask him? So we're going to do something right now. We want to invite anybody up right now that might need something from God. If it's a healing, if you just need prayer for a family member, or if you'd like to start speaking in tongues. I know you've heard us speaking in tongues in here. Maybe you're not used to that, but we have become so emboldened and empowered by what the Holy Spirit has done. that I'm telling you, speaking in tongues is a good thing. It's an, it's an amazing thing, and as we've heard, you don't have to speak in tongues, but man, praise God, you get to speak in tongues. And man, that, that has just radically changed my life. You know, it, it has just radically changed my life. So we want to we wanna invite you up here. If you'd like to receive anything tonight, healing or just prayer, or if you'd like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'd invite you to come up. We're going to have our second-year students come up right now, and they're going to pray for you. And... We just want to we just want to be Jesus with skin on for you tonight, all right? Whatever you need, we have. If you need a healing, you can have you can come up tonight to receive it. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in here who does not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I want you to raise your hand if, you, if that's you. Is there anybody in here who does not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and would like to receive it? Anybody want to be brave? Or has everybody already got it? Raise your hand if you've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That almost looks like everybody. Hallelujah. Is there anybody here who needs healing today? Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're very excited for this trip, and we're so thankful that you guys came out to support us tonight. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the, the offerings that you made of your time and your finances. Thank you for the, the love that you have for what, you know, what we're doing here and the love that you have for us. You know, we're faithful to what God has called us to do, so we'll be faithful in keeping you guys informed as far as what's going on. And anytime, if you guys ever need anything, we're only, we're right here. We don't, we don't go anywhere. We'll be here every day of the week. Saturdays we have there's an open house so anytime if you guys ever need any kind of you know if you want to bring a friend or a family member that's hurting somebody that needs deliverance you know family members someone that that might be addicted to drugs or alcohol man praise God let them come here and talk to us because I don't believe that there's a 12-step program for those that are suffering with addiction I can tell you that it's it's closer than that 
There's instant salvation. There's instant delivery. I've experienced that. It's you know what it is. It's it's coming to know the healer. It's just coming to know who Jesus is. Praise God. Does anybody in here have a family member they need prayer for? Come and receive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. just pray father for the those that are in this room right now lord father those who have come to hear father about your love i just pray lord that your love will remain father in their hearts i pray lord that that love will saturate every family member that they come into contact with and every friend oh lord god i pray father for their your healing virtue to flow from their hands to flow from their lips father i impart unto them father the same love that has set this man free. I pray, Father, for those that have been struggling, Lord. I pray, Father, for those, Lord God, that are needing something of you, Father. Father, we release healing power right now in the name of Jesus Christ into this body. I thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against this man will prosper. I claim right now the, the, the blood of Jesus over this man's body and over his heart and over his lungs. I curse, I curse this disease. I curse it in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for the healing power that is flowing right now through these hands into this man's body. I thank you, Lord, that you are a God of miracles, the God of Jacob, Isaac, the God of wonders, Lord, that parting the Red Sea, Father, was no deal, big deal for you bringing a man into this world through a virgin is no big deal for you, Lord. You are a God of the impossible. I release power into this body right now. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Receive today the love of God. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we magnify your name. We glorify you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you have set us free from the bond of sin and death. I thank you, Lord, that we are no longer subject to disease, subject to, to death. But, Lord, you have transferred us, you have translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your dear son. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that minds right now are being restored. I, I praise you like right now, Father, for the mind to be restored right now. There is no fear in love, but love casts out all fear. You've not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. So, Father, we just curse depression, curse anxiety. I thank you, Father, for a sound mind right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for a sound mind.
Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Be magnified, Jesus. We praise your mighty name, God. I thank you for the, the power of your word. I thank you, Lord, that there is nothing that you can't do. I thank you, Lord, that these students will continue, Father, to understand and to grow, Father, in power and wisdom. To understand, Lord, that we are not merely flesh and blood, Father, but we have been given the same power and authority that raised Christ from the dead. I speak prophecy, Lord. I speak lives changed. I speak deliverance for family members right now. In Jesus' name, sons and daughters loose from the bond of addiction, loose from those things, Father, from the grasp of the enemy. Satan, you are a liar. We declare freedom for you in this place right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. We magnify and glorify you, God, because you are good and your love never fails. Your love never fails, Lord Jesus.